and welcome to The Bond Brain. I'm your host, Bud West, and this is a special episode, and we're going to do a Mission 1 debriefing of the brand new Bravo show, Spy Games. I love the concept of this show. It really ties into the thinking spy. If you're not sure what this program is, uh, please go back and listen to my introduction. In short, it's a reality show, an elimination show, where 10 people are put through uh, some spy tests. So, mission number one. Uh, all 10 contestants are present. No one's been uh, voted off the show. And they are tasked with a, a very Bond or 007-like mission. They need to infiltrate a party, a black tie affair. So the gentlemen are dressed in black tie, the ladies are in gowns, and they get a very, very simple task. They need to collect a phone number. The show's producers throw them bit of a caveat. They're dressed in black tie, they're dressed in their gowns, and as they prepare to go to the party, they drop them off in the middle of the woods and tell them that the party is actually not until the next day. So they have to survive through the night in their dress clothes in the woods, and they're given a little bit of an assignment to find a little bit out about one another, so they're given these dossiers to to fill out, and they spend the night in two groups of five. And then the next morning, they're picked up and go on to the party. The, the night in the woods is sort of uneventful, except that, you know, hey, you spend a night in the woods, and you're a little sweaty, you're a little run down. They build a fire. They probably smell like the fire. But in the end, they, they pick them up. It's a relatively uneventful part of the show. And they take them to the party. When the party's over, they evaluate all ten people. They name who they believe, the, the three actual intelligence professionals, at least per the show. They name who they believe to be the top performer. And then they name the bottom two performers and kind of pull them aside for an additional interrogation to decide which person to eliminate. I'm not really a fan of the elimination thing because I I think it doesn't let any of the people actually evolve. I think I would have liked it better if they had used a, a points method and kept all 10 people around. But nonetheless, that's how the game goes. So through the first mission, now the funny thing is that, you know, this cast, they're all very attractive people, except for one guy. Uh, he's an older guy as opposed to the, the 20s and 30-year-olds. He's in his 40s. He's bald. He's, he's kind of pudgy. He looks like a regular 40-year-old guy. In a nutshell, he looks like a real spy. You know, real spies in this world do not look like Anna de Armas. They don't look like Pierce Brosnan or Roger Moore. They look like your average Joe. So there's only really one of them that actually looks like that. However, in this particular mission, the cocktail party that they're sent into with one task, they need to go in and they have to get a phone number. And that's their only task. So they have to get a phone number from someone that they don't know. He sticks out like a sore thumb right from the start because the cocktail party is, I believe they said, a modeling party. So the older guy's name's Mitch, and he goes into the party at somewhat of a disadvantage. In the end, uh, there's a gentleman named Colin. Colin, I think, probably comes out of that party the smartest, and in the end, they pick him as, a, as the top performer, and I totally agree with that. 
in the aside interviews that they do with all of them throughout the show, as they always do in these types of shows, he's he's somewhat of a narcissist. He mentions that he thinks he looks good in the tux. So he's kind of a little bit full of himself. However, he seemed to be the only one that really grasped the mission. He walked in. He identified someone he believed he could score a phone number from. He got that phone number from her in a very polite way. And then he exited the party. He really wasn't there very long. And that was the ascent of the the mission. The rest of the people seemed to be bent on trying to gather the most phone numbers, which really wasn't the mission. And in the end, this guy was probably the only one that was one person at that party that kind of identified him later. The rest of these people, he blended into the background. So in the end, when they picked Colin to be the top finisher, I thought that that was pretty smart. Now the bottom two finishers, Mitch and Nika. Uh, Mitch, the older guy, the pudgy guy, came in and decided to be the life of the party. He's buying drinks. He took pictures with people. Essentially, if you've ever read any book on espionage, this guy broke every rule in the book. He did not approach this in a very smart way. And I think that maybe, you know, maybe these people have seen too many Bond movies. I mean, Bond movies are fun because they're not realistic. And a real spy blends in, gets the job done, and gets out, as Colin did. So Colin was successful, whereas Mitch drew a whole lot of attention to himself. And there was probably a good dozen people that could have identified him later. Nika was the same situation. She started off well. Um, however, for some bizarre reason, she allowed herself to be goaded into, in the middle of a cocktail party, no less, a planking competition. That totally blew my mind. So she ended up doing something bizarre that you normally would not see in a party like that and drew a ton of attention to herself. So in the end, when the two of them, and there were a couple others that kind of got a scolding for not bringing their dossier to the final debriefing, Nika and Mitch were rightfully pulled aside for additional questioning. And I think at that point, it's kind of a tough call. As they rolled into the additional questioning to see who was going to be eliminated, I was sort of siding with eliminating Mitch and keeping Nika in my head, merely because he came in with a game plan that made him somewhat a center of attention in a small group. She didn't really come in with that game plan. She had a different game plan that just went off the rails, and she made a bad decision once the pressure was on. So I was really in my mind before they sat down thinking they got to get rid of this guy. But then when they started debriefing them, she broke down. She was nervous. She was clearly agitated. She was on the verge of tears. And whereas Mitch seemed to just accept the criticism that was given to him, she got very upset when she was criticized. And in a, as they each sitting next to each other awaited their decision, they began to talk and he made that comment. He said, you can't control your emotions, your voice is quivering. And she decided that that was an affront to all women and informed him that he should never speak to a woman like that. And I thought he had a really, really good comeback to that, which was, I'm not talking about all women, I'm talking about you. And she didn't really seem to like that, but it really was 
a fair criticism. And in the end, I thought, this woman is going to crack. She obviously doesn't like when pressure is applied. And whereas he made a bad decision coming in, uh, I thought that he might learn from it better. And as I go on to mission two, um, you'll see that he is not there. He was the one that was eliminated and, and cast aside. And they both... I get the fact that he just came in with a bad plan and a complete misunderstanding, but he learned, he he even made the comment that maybe I don't understand what it is to be a spy. So at the end of mission one, uh, I thought they eliminated the wrong person. I think that in the long haul, both of them would end up being eliminated anyway, but at the outset here, and I think in this case, they rewarded the top performer and named that person, you know, correctly. So those are my opinions. That's all I have. Um, check out Spy Games. I think it's a really great uh, tie-in to the Bond brain and, and Bond movies and the part about thinking about what you're doing and making the right decisions. And, you know, they're putting these people under some pressure. It's only a $100,000 prize. I, 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 I say that, but, you know, that's a lot of money to some people. I can't imagine to this Mitch guy that $100,000 is it's a lot of money. That is not money. You know, that's not quit your job kind of money. However, we'll see how it progresses. So the individuals that are left, there's still Colin. There is George, or as I like to call him, and you'll see after the next review, Creepy George. There is uh, Saif, Chelsea, Nika survives. There is uh, Christina, uh, Jessica, Charnel, and uh, Brock. So those are the nine that are left. Um, I think, you know, some interesting individuals, a lot of narcissism in this group. (laughs) Some of them have life experiences. I don't know why that they think that'll make them, you know, get through this, this spy game kind of thing but I guess we'll see how that pans out and they're, they're young you have some immaturity when you're young most of them and we will um, we'll see how this plays out I think the first episode was a lot of fun if you've got differing opinions send me an email post them on uh, Instagram and looking forward to uh, doing episode two there's two more already out there so I'm, I'm playing catch up here so this is the spy games mission one debriefing with bud west of the bond brain and i got a lot of good stuff coming up on the bond brain in in the coming weeks so stay tuned thanks